I honestly think the Bears are better than the Packers. I know I'm 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 taking taking some risks by saying that on your show, but right now I think the Bears are better than the Packers. I'm I'm fully ready to completely eat it uh next week if it doesn't go well. Um but from what I've seen the last six, seven, eight weeks, um, I like the Bears in this game. Well, well, well. To one Sam Jamini, I say, I hope you are hungry because you do indeed have to eat it. And if you need some food, the Packers just went bear hunting for you. Uh, we might have some meat to spare. Uh, I am your host, Kedrick Stumbrus. You can follow me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at Kedrick Stumbrus, and follow this here podcast, Scani Six Pack, at Scani Six Pack, to get the latest in all. All of Wisconsin sports, including this now glorious run to the playoffs, playoffs for your 13 time world champion Green Bay Packers coached by Matt LaFleur, who is 10 and 0 against the Chicago Bears. Um, what a game. What a performance by a Green Bay Packers team that really looked like for a second they might just give it away um that was in some ways a dominating performance in other ways a a little bit of a a dangerous game that the green bay packers chose to play in this one um i i was actually talking with our good friend sam jamini over at uh snap the pigskin and puckworms throughout this game uh and he and I both got the feeling that this was a game that felt like the Packers were winning big when they really never pulled away um, because there were some great positives. And listen, the positives are great. They are phenomenal. Um, but it also showed that this team is far from perfect. It also showed that this team, which is a seven-point underdog uh, in Dallas against the Cowboys this Sunday at 325 Central, I don't I don't think a touchdown necessarily is you know feels right to me not a not really a gambling man but it it underscores you know why why this team has some issues where those issues come from and where there is room for improvement as this roster develops from a maturity standpoint a um an experience standpoint but Packers beat the Bears for the 10th time in a row. This is just brutal for Bears fans. I, but hey, Packers Twitter today is awesome. Awesome. You have Jair Alexander interrupting local sports reporters. Man, just, just fantastic, fantastic stuff going on. Uh, up in Green Bay and, and the Packers are going to are going to head to Dallas and we're going to talk more about that game uh this week but let's talk away take away some things from this game that just happened uh on on Sunday afternoon uh first starting with the positives from this game uh you had some really really good stuff and i listened to a split zone duo hosted by um Richard Johnson and Alex Kirshner and Stephen Godfrey, uh, it's a college football podcast, but Richard Johnson also sports illustrated has 
a, a mantra that he kind of goes back to when when talking about games, which, you know, a mantra, it is, uh, it it boils the game down into just a few words. Pretty simplistic, but it's true. You're talking about football. The game's about blocking and tackling. And if you're looking at positives to take away from the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears yesterday, that game was about blocking and tackling. And man, I tell you, the Packers whipped that ass on Sunday. Uh, tons of great film room clips out, out there just, just showing how much work. We, we talk about, for, for years, talked about Alan Lazard when he was on this team and how great of a blocker he was, how great he fits into the Matt LaFleur style of offense and how it's harder to attract superstar players like Odell Beckham Jr., who Aaron Rodgers wanted to play with for a number of years. Harder to attract those guys who just want to go up and go out and hoop, basically. Uh, go out and get get the ball, get the ball chucked up to him, bring it down, score touchdowns. It's harder to bring those guys in because Matt LaFleur asks these players to do a lot more than just catch the ball. They want you to block. And for whatever reason, they got some dogs on offense. And there, there is a clip of Aaron Jones ripping off a run. And we'll talk about his game in a second. Uh, of Aaron Jones ripping off a run in this game that I think really, really demonstrates just how excellent this, this blocking performance was. Where Tucker Craft swings in from the opposite side of the line. Basically, kind of like a split zone concept. Um who comes in and and Tucker Craft just runs through a guy. Uh just excellent job picking up uh the defensive end for uh from Chicago. And meanwhile, Romeo Dubs is uh blocking upfield just bringing his man up and then at the same time Rashid Walker <laughs> well Tucker Craft is a uh, trucking our good uh, our good our good friend Wisconsin former Wisconsin Badger TJ Edwards while that's happening Rashid Walker is carrying his man legitimately legitimately 20 yards upfield from the line of scrimmage just going on a tear and look I don't I don't know what the future is um at tackle for the Green Bay Packers whether that future involves uh David Bakhtiari or not sounds like you know he he was with the team for this game sounds like he is hoping to be part of this team going forward but if this fu the future of this team does not include David Bakhtiari the Packers got a dog in Rashid Walker who can block his tail off in the run game too which is where a lot of this line has had issues because you know I understandably the team builds its roster around finding guys who can pass block and then hoping you can figure it out after that. Um, it, it was an excellent performance on the line of scrimmage on the offensive side and also by the defense. The defense records five sacks in this game. Five sacks and not just sacks by Rashawn Gary. Uh... <laughs> Not just sex by Kenny Clark. Sean Gary didn't actually record it. Record a sack. But you got a sack from Devontae Wyatt, 
young guy, Quay Walker, young guy, Carl Brooks, rookie, Lucas Van Ness, first-round rookie. I mean, that, that's just an excellent, excellent, excellent performance. And the Packers did this so often by not needing to bring six, but doing it, bringing bringing five and bringing five on on third down. J- Justin Fields was abysmal on third down, and so was part of the play calling. There was, a th- what was it, a third and 22, third and 20 around midfield, and Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getzey calls a screen pass while the Bears are trailing? I mean, Bears offensive line was getting its lunch taken all day, but... Yeah, uh, gets you there. Not necessarily beating the accusations of some Chicago sports fans, some who have been on this show in the past, who would like him removed from his job. Um. Meanwhile, that that like Justin Fields. Speaking of not beating the accusations, Justin Fields gets sacked five times, and part of the reason that defenses can bring four or bring five and get to the quarterback against this Bears offense is because Justin Fields does not do well against zone coverages where he's got to get the ball out quickly on a blitz. It is his problem and it's why he is the most sacked quarterback in the National Football League. Now, there were some things that if I'm a if I'm a Chicago Bears fan, I don't like about the play calling in that one. Uh, seeing Justin Fields basically never get rolled out on a pass, but it was just beautiful watching the Green Bay Packers just take the Bears' lunch on the offensive line of scrimmage and on the defensive line of scrimmage. The defense holds the Bears to nine points and say what you will about Joe Barry. I don't like him. I've said that. If you listen to, you know, my time on snap the pigskin, I've probably talked about Joe Barry on here too. Um, definitely don't like Joe Barry, but he did enough here. Dialed up the right pressure, the right coverages, did what he needed to do to stop Justin Fields and has the Bears number to be certain. Um, other positives Jordan Love. <laughs> Jordan Love. And I'm going to try to squeeze an episode in here this week on Jordan Love. If we don't get to it this week, we'll obviously have a lot of time to talk about Jordan Love in the offseason, whenever that might start. Not at the same time as Bears fans' offseason starts, of course. But Jordan Love passes for 308 yards of offense. Passes for 308 yards. Meanwhile, the Bears had fewer than 200 yards offense on the day. <laughs> 300. Oh, sorry. He had 316 passing yards. Nearly 10 yards per attempt. Two touchdowns. Sacked once for a loss of eight. He had two touchdowns, and it could have been more. Um, you know, drop in the end zone, ruled down a touchdown. But Jordan Love has an excellent day again. It just looks like 
in a game where the offense is, you know, sputtering a little bit. And we'll talk about that in the, in the negatives section of this show in a little bit here, just really have confidence that Jordan Love's going to go out there and be able to get it through some really, really, really beautiful balls too. Um, he just, he has it. The, they did it again. The Green Bay Packers did it again. <laughs> and we'll talk about the fact that they did it again um, in more detail again in the show, either later this week or, or on. But I think there's another guy that I think is more important to key in on here, which is Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones, like we said, this all starts with blocking up front. Game's about blocking and tackling. But he rushes for 111 yards on 22 carries, averages five yards carry, long of 17. And he just looks phenomenal. Looks phenomenal. When Aaron Jones is on, this offense is different. This offense is different. And it's not because they don't have a, a good quarterback. It's because Aaron Jones is a weapon unto himself. He is absolutely one of the best running backs in the National Football League. And if he were healthy all the time, he would be more regularly mentioned in that conversation. Um, He just opens up a new dimension for this team. And if your line and if your receivers are going to block like that game in game out, Aaron Jones just becomes that more valuable. He looked phenomenal. I don't, I don't know how much like time I want to spend talking about each individual player in this roster, but Jane Reed had a day catch deep balls. Dontavian Wicks just breaking guys ankles looking awesome, man. For the youngest roster in the NFL, the youngest roster to ever make the postseason in the NFL, the most inexpensive offense in the NFL to look like this is a testament to everything Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, down the line, have done for that side of the ball in particular. Because, like I said last week, this could be a year where we sit and make all kinds of excuses for Jordan Love, much like Bears fans did in year two of Justin Fields. Also, can we change it to, you know, just him, Fields, to Justin Fields now? Because I think for Bears fans who are saying, really not beating the accusations here for a second, and I'm getting off track, but fine. Um, for Bears fans who are saying, you're going to see it. You're going to see it against the Packers. He's going to prove it. The vibes are going to be so good, you can't get rid of him. Vibes are bad. Passed for 148 yards. Only ran for 27. I don't know what he does for that team. He can't throw the ball. He can't process defenses fast enough. He gets sacked too often. Drive killers. Those sacks were all drive killers. Can't have it. Anyway. For a team that could be making excuses for Jordan Love, they aren't because Brian Goodkinst hit on basically all of these guys in the draft. Jaden Reed. Bo Melton, who is on a practice squad, obviously not uh, Brian Goodkinst's pickup in the draft. Drafted the season ago, sat on the practice squad in, I believe it was Seattle and then New York. Packers pick him up. One of these in-season 
pro scouting pickups that the Packers consistently seem to find gold on. Dontavian Wicks, fifth round pick, Tucker Craft. Luke Musgrave got into this game a little bit, even had a reception. Willie Keith, Romeo Dubs. Christian Watson didn't play this game, but, you know, if he's in, that's just another weapon for Jordan Love to generate more offense on when he had 316 yards passing. And then minus the eight yards sacks. But, okay, before we get to the game coming up, let's let's talk about what went wrong in this game because there were some things that went wrong in this game. Uh, but first, I do want to tell you about our friends over at TickPick. Um, TickPick is where I buy all of my tickets. And I don't know if any of you are aware of my whereabouts at this particular time of year, but I am in South Texas. And I don't know. I don't. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we shall see. Um, if you're not aware, Texas is huge. I'm still like eight hours driving away from Dallas, but we shall see. If I'm going to end up in Dallas, uh, I'm going to get there because I'm going to buy my tickets to that game on TickPick, where you should buy all of your tickets. Uh, because if you use TickPick, you're never going to pay service fees. You're never going to pay delivery fees. If you find a better price on tickets somewhere else, TickPick is going to match that and give you 110% of the difference in credit towards your next purchase. And if you use my link in the YouTube description, on the screen now, in the podcast description, you're going to save 10 bucks on your first order. So go to the Apple App Store, go to the Google Play Store, download the TickPick app, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, click my link in the podcast, YouTube, etc. description. And you will never pay service or delivery fees on tickets ever again. Because why should you? The price you see should be the price you get. That's simple. All right. Let's get back to business. Where the Green Bay Packers will be trying to take care of it in Dallas. Um, if they do so. If the Packers do so. They're one, going to have to get a little bit lucky. Two, clean up some things. And one of those things they'll have to clean up is the kicking game. <sighs> Rich Bisaccia is doing himself no favors as the special teams coordinator of the Green Bay Packers by really sticking his neck out over multiple seasons now um, for guys that have not performed. Mari Rogers being chief among them, of course, finally getting cut in the middle of last season after being an abysmal returner. Getting replaced with Keyshawn Nixon, who then goes on to pick the Pro Bowl at the position. Awkward, you know, self-scouting. And then Andres Carlson, the Packers draft to be Mason Crosby's replacement. And I, I like the move. I like the move to replace Mason Crosby. You got a little bit of an old man like, Hasn't been, hadn't been great over the course of last season. You know, worked out for a couple of teams, got on the Rams practice squad. They let him go, played for the New York Giants, attempted a 51-yard game winner, missed it. 
that 51 yard game winner that Crosby missed also eliminated the bears from playoff contention a couple weeks back. So I don't know, maybe Crosby was had, had some other things in mind, but I digress. Mason Crosby wasn't the answer. I know the Packers had to go a different direction. I wasn't one of those who really bemoaned moving on from Mason Crosby. I liked it. I got it. But then <laughs> back in November, I don't remember during which game I, I had tweeted Anders Carlson is on cut watch. And I think that was premature. I think that was premature. I admitted as much <clears throat> about five minutes later. <laughs> Then the Minnesota game happened and I put it back into the feed along with never wrong, just early that went back into the feed again yesterday. Um, not the best Andres Carlson performance. See, misses a, a chip shot and goes one for two on the day. You know, you got to make 41 yarder. If you're an NFL kicker, you got it. You got it. And it's that chip shot, chip shot. But like, there's that. You add that on top of the fact that he is by far, by far worse at successfully converting extra point attempts than any other kicker in the league. He is by far the worst conversion percentage on extra point attempts in the league. This is a game where this upcoming weekend, you might need a Mason Crosby-esque game winner at AT&T Stadium. If you know, if if you're old enough to remember. And Anders Carlson has not necessarily shown that he can do that. Um. Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers uh, and the Leap, as he would say, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to, um, was talking about this and suggested, you know, what if the Packers brought in Mason Crosby this week, signed him off the Giants practice squad? I don't like that idea. Um, I think it is blurring that line between moving on and not moving on too much. You made a decision, stick to the decision. If it is true that making the playoffs is great and wasn't, and is already above and beyond everything that was hoped for out of this season, everything from now is gravy. Get as much evaluation of Anders Carlson as you can. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, and then the other big negative was this baffling drive at the end of the first half where I don't remember if it was Kraft or Musgrave just shows an avert aversion to going out of bounds to stop the clock. So the Packers, you know, waste however much time getting back to the line of scrimmage followed by Jordan Love throwing an interception that was dropped by the bears in the end zone, but should have been an interception when you got to come away with points there because it's a close one score game. And then 
the Packers don't even end up getting any points, don't even getting, don't even end up getting the opportunity to score points, don't even end up getting a field goal attempt off because you try to run an extra play and Dontavian Wicks was pushed and he was moving backwards, goes out of bounds, the clock keeps winding. You have to be trying to turn up field when you are knocked out of bounds for the clock to stop. So the Packers don't even get a shot there. That was tough. And it's just mistakes that you can't repeat against actual playoff caliber teams. Um, LaFleur looked really ticked off after that happened, but also that's why are you trying to get cute. There was what? Five seconds on the clock. My brother, that's your call. That's your call. Just do it right. Uh, anyway, um, all around gritty performance, a, a, a performance that you didn't get the best out of your offense. And for the first time, I think all season, we can say that the Packers didn't get the best out of their offense and still managed to win. The complaint I have had, I, the complaint I have had, and I have said publicly since I was in the game in Atlanta, week two, since week two, said it during the fourth quarter of that game, put it into the world on the website formerly known as Twitter, where you can follow this podcast for all of your latest updates in Wisconsin sports at Scotty Six Pack. I said, this roster has the youngest offense in the league. I believe it's the youngest group of pass catchers in the modern history of the league, younger than the 0-16 Cleveland Browns. This roster is not built to have Jordan Love go out and win the game on his arm. And the offense in that game did enough to win. The defense collapsed in the fourth quarter, allowing Atlanta to score every time it touched the ball. Well, now we finally got a game where the offense didn't play its best. The defense stepped up. You know, last week, the defense, you know, held a bad, what, third and fourth quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings to nothing on offense. But this was a game where they stuck it together and Packers offense still put up 17 points. Defense held the Bears to nine. Both sides did enough. And that's what you really hope to see from this team and what this team is going to have to get against a Dallas Cowboys team that I think is much better than uh, the Green Bay Packers team is. Um, but I don't think that means the Packers can't win this game. Um, we're going to talk about that more this upcoming week, coming up this week on the show. We're going to talk a little bit more about Wisconsin Badgers basketball uh, because that team heads to Ohio State on Wednesday. You know, if weather permitting, I hear it's real bad up in Wisconsin right now. Uh, high here in South Texas is 90 today. I'm enjoying that a little bit more. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to try to talk a little bit of Jordan Love and what he has done for this team, what the Packers should do going forward with Jordan Love, because I think they have, I think the decision has been made 
but it doesn't come without risk. And I want to get into that a little bit uh, coming up this week on the show. We'll also break down the Dallas Cowboys, that matchup, trying to get a guest, a special guest uh, for that show that will be on with us on Friday, if all things line up. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. And thank you for listening to today's episode of the Scani Six Pack Podcast. I have been your host, Kedrick Stumbrus. You can follow me on the website formerly known as Twitter at Kedrick Stumbrus and follow the podcast at Scani Six Pack for the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. You can also get this podcast version of a newsletter. We have always a little bit of different content over there by subscribing at subscribing on substack.com, search for Scani Six Pack or go to Scani Six Pack.substack.com. Uh, rate us nicely. Five stars, kind comments, helps other people find the show and helps us uh, listen to some kind words for Sam Jamini just one more time uh, as as he eats it and we and we end our end our day here. Uh, go back, go. The Bears are better than the Packers. I know I'm 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 taking taking some risks by saying that on your show, but right now I think the Bears are better than the Packers. I'm I'm fully ready to completely eat it. Uh, next week, if it doesn't go well. Um, but from what I've seen the last six, seven, eight weeks, um, I like the Bears in this game.